Welcome to the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast, hosted by me, Benjamin Bullock. This podcast features nothing but real talk analysis and conversations about sports, entertainment, news, and much more. Now, strap in and buckle your seatbelts because it's time for Crunch Time. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode four of the Crunch Time Instagram Live Podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. I want to thank you guys for joining me here on this Wednesday evening um, in August. I just want to thank you guys. Hope all is well with y'all, y'all respectable areas within the country. Um, so for this week, um, I, I kind of took a different approach in regards to what I wanted to do. So I wanted to focus on like the behind the scenes aspect when it comes to building the brand of athletes. So I have Chanel Smith Walker, who is the director of creative media for the North Carolina State football team uh, out of the ACC Power Five, Power Five Conference. Also, I have uh, T.J. Malvo, who is a celebrity barber, athlete barber out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. He's the owner of Draft Picks Barbershop. He cuts a lot of the LSU guys and a lot of New Orleans Saints guys and guys within the league also in college as well. And then lastly, I have my girl Tiff the Zeta out of Dallas, Texas. Pleasant Grove to be exact for all my Dallas people out there. Uh, she's a celebrity stylist in the fashion game. She works with a lot of athletes and a lot of people within the industry to make sure they're right and they're good in regards to uh, making sure they look right when the camera's on and everything. So that was my uh, focus for this week. I hope y'all enjoyed it. So, like I said, it's a different focus or whatever, so I hope y'all enjoy it. So I'm, we're going to get started. I'm going to ask Chanel here real quick. Hi. Chanel, what's going on? What's going on? How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing? You all right down there in Raleigh? Yeah, I'm good. I'm excited. You excited? Y'all going to have a yeah. season or what y'all going to do? Uh, we are having a season, so, well, <laughs> fingers crossed we have a season because we all still want to get paid, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know it's tough for you guys. How's it tough has it been for just everybody within the department and I know everybody within the creative community as well. Um, honestly, I feel like from the creative standpoint, uh, it's kind of like amplified our jobs even more with like mm -hmm. COVID because especially from the recruiting side of it, right. because we can't have recruits on campus. So, um, so we're just sending in like a bunch of content um, and then even creating the content. It's a, uh, it's, it's a little difficult just cause like we don't have photos of them. So you're kind of right. having to just get a lot more creative on how to like, kind of like give a variety of different content and graphics to your recruits. But um, but it's been good though. We've had, we started fall camp uh, from the football side of it. Um, we started fall camp, been practicing. It was just very like shooting actually, actual football, not just like in the weight room or just running sprints. So right. it's been cool. That's cool, that's cool. So for those who are unfamiliar with your job duties, I know a lot of people don't because people ask like, what do you do for football? You're not a coach, you're not, you're not a trainer or anything. So just kind of tell, all the listeners who aren't familiar with you do as the director of creative media for North Carolina State football. So I basically do all of our creative content when it comes to graphics between social content and recruiting content. But I also do our like recruit photo shoots, player photo shoots. I also cover any like football events that we have, um, right. if it's community service, um, anything like that. And then I also like oversee our creative stuff that's made between marketing um, and our video content as well. I work with Emmett, who's an assistant creative director. Um, for He does our video content. But that's, my role encompasses a lot of different things, um, but it's fun. It's, it, it is, you have to juggle a lot and balance a lot of things, but it's fun. That's cool, that's cool. So in, in regards to brand building specifically, you know, what goes into your strategy, like in terms of you creating, you know, like the video I just posted to Instagram and Twitter, I mean, that was pretty dope what you did with that. So Emmett actually did the the hype video leading up to fall camp. That one. Mm -hmm. So Emmett actually did that one, which that one was super super dope. Um, 
but overall like our strategy for just our content is just to make it fun and youthful to be honest um and just different so i think that i think my style when it comes to just creative in general is always taking that risk right. um whether it's video whether it's graphics whether it's just like uh just content in general um just taking a risk um and just always living living life on the edge when it comes to creative content um so even last year we did we couldn't do camp arrivals this year because of covid but last year we did the camp arrivals and um mm -hmm. we did like the rolls royce and things like that when our players pulled up and everyone thought it was like this big compliance violation <laughs> but it actually wasn't gotta check in with compliance gotta check in <laughs> with compliance but compliance actually i actually went to compliance and made sure it was good to go before we like did anything but just like taking risks like that and finding different ways um just to get your players involved as much as possible is another thing for me is always humanizing our players. Um, so not necessarily making everything so football related, um, but showing what they do outside of football, whether it's graduating, whether they like to play the piano, like what we did a feature on our player a couple of months ago and things like that. So that's kind of just like our overall strategy. That's, hope. that's great, man. You guys do a phenomenal job. I personally like the way y'all do stuff. I mean, it's just that, <laughs> that red, white, and black. That's like one of my favorite colors to see on screen or on, on the computer web because it pops so much so <laughs> vibrant and everything for real. y'all do a great job you know so you spent some time at southern miss and baylor uh before mm -hmm. you got to north carolina state but you were also a student athlete at elon yeah. uh, you played volleyball and everything so how has your experience as a student athlete affect the way you approach your job right now um it honestly gives me more motivation um to really like share these athlete stories i kind of touched on this earlier but it honestly really pushes me to want to humanize the players to show that they are bigger than just athletes um, especially on like the female sports. I, I, I'm not on any of the women's sports here at NC State. I'm just with football. Um, but when I was at Southern Miss, I had all the sports. And then when I was at Baylor, I, ha I was with uh, women's basketball and women's volleyball before I moved over to football. And for the women's sports, I honestly just want to give them as much dope content as possible because I feel like they don't get the recognition that they, that they sure. deserve, especially mm -hmm. at Baylor. Like our women's volleyball and our women's basketball were like insane, at least like top 10 all the time. So my goal was to always um, just kind of give them the recognition that they deserve. But then also being a black female, um, I think it helps that, well, not just being a black female, just being a black creative in general helps a ton because um, I'm able to really work on like not making our athletes look super dark, like subtle things like that, that people don't realize that because I hated that when I was playing mm. where they would like post a graphic or something and I would look so black and I was like, they would like, you look really, really dark and it always right. used to drive me insane. So that's the one thing and like, I try to help out when I am working with any sport is to make sure that they are true to their skin color. Um, if they are, if I am using their picture in color mm. and things like that. So those subtle things that I, that I kind of had an issue with when I was playing kind of helped me out um to how i want to represent our athletes when i'm making graphics and videos of them and taking photos of them did that particular i guess uh misjudgment help did that drive you to want to be a creative designer did that kind of stuff kind of just like you know i want to give african-americans especially females a different viewpoint in terms of this or even just the little critique stuff like that yeah that definitely motivated me more to uh to really want to get into just creative um and i just love to make people feel good so when i like create a cool graphic or take a really great picture of somebody um that's definitely what motivated me but the the skin tone color honestly that's a pet peeve that bothers me to this day when i see a lot of um i see a lot of creatives like make these athletes like super super dark um and it really bothers me about that so that's like the main reason i'm just like i want to 
be a person of color in this industry to really make sure <laughs> um, they're representing their skin color properly. Because I know, like, for, I hate to say for white people, they want to look tan. <laughs> black people want to look true to their color. Yeah, <laughs> so, true. So if they are light-skinned, they want to look light-skinned. If they're brown-skinned, they want to look brown-skinned. They don't want to yeah. be brown-skinned but look like they're, like, white. Or they don't want to be, like, dark-skinned and look like they're, like, black. Like, right. <laughs> solid black. So, yeah. Man, that's crazy. Have you talked to any of your fellow coworkers about that what, or any, any of your colleagues within the industry about that? So, yeah, I, so I mentioned it on a few panels just about just like, just like acknowledging and being aware of like making sure you're not, not changing their skin color. So whether it would be the treatment you use, the filter you use, just making sure it's representative of their actual skin color. Um, so you're not making them darker or lighter than what they actually are. And we actually had an issue with Baylor with, um, it was actually before I got there, but that was mm. one of the things that they brought to my attention um, with the volleyball team was that their issue before one of the parents actually called in when with their schedule culture where they felt like their daughter looked a lot darker than they actually were. Mm. Um, so it was perfect for me because I'm a black female who also played volleyball in college. So, you know, I was right. like, you know, I'm, I will make sure like you look the color that you actually are. Right. Um, and it sounds so small, but it's actually like, it's actually it's a huge thing. mind being a black person that was an athlete. I'm like, it make me look like my actual skin color. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so crazy. That's so crazy. So um, this is Chanel Smith-Walker out of NC State. She's the director of creative media for uh, the Wolfpack out there at the ACC. Uh, so next season, starting 21-22, uh, the NCAA is going to allow athletes to uh, profit off their likeness, uh, be able to get endorsements, that kind of thing. How is that going to affect your job and the way you approach it and everything? It, the, the, that, the name Image and Likeness is so difficult because they're honestly, people don't realize there are so many layers to it. Like there's so many perspectives, like from the creative aspect of it, from the player aspect and from the business side of it. Um, and you truthfully don't really know like how it's going to affect people. I personally only think it's going to affect like the, the, two, the top tier athletes, um, athletes that are in college football. But from the creative standpoint, I definitely think it's gonna, first of all, I feel like it's gonna open a lot more jobs for, uh, for creatives in college football, because the, to me, that's a whole separate market outside of, it is in recruiting, but it's all, to me, it's a whole separate part of recruiting because you're having to do the analytics behind it, even the player content that you're giving your current players. How are they, at, how are they using their social media? How active are they on their social media? What are, like, what's their interactions, mentions, right. things like that. So I feel like it's one of those things where I think it, it's going to be a whole separate subcategory um, eventually, I think, over time. But then I definitely think from a creative standpoint, it's going to amplify our jobs even more, just like creating more and more content, because now we're having to really create content for our, our players just to post. Not even stuff that's going on, like our actual football page, but, but like stuff that our players are actually going to post, whether it's video, graphics, photos, or things like that. So. It's, I feel like it's it's a lot, um, and it's there's so many unknowns that you can't really give like a solid answer because I don't even I've had a lot of like other people in my role like ask me like hey how are you guys like implementing this and I'm mm -hmm. like it's really hard to answer that because we just don't have the staff to fully go like fully into the NIL but right. it's it's crazy. It's gonna be crazy because I just I and when I think about that kind of stuff I think about like you know like the smallest sports like cross country uh, you know uh, volleyball. Uh, track track and field, you know, little sports like yeah. that, will they be able to, like, how did, how's that chain actually going to work in regards to yeah. making sure they get the right, you know, compensation for whatever they're able to accomplish? Um, So, like I said, this is Chanel Smith-Walker at NC State. If you have any questions for her, I'm going to drop it right down in the comment section. I'll get to that here in a couple of minutes. Uh, so, ultimately, uh, what's the most important aspect when it comes to building a brand, in your opinion? Um... 
Oh, that's a tough question. I think building your brand for one is what your voice is going to be. Um, mm -hmm. So I think if you want to have like this, it, it, like really, I feel like you should really show your personality with any brand that you have. Uh, I know some people like to cap and like they, they're this person on social media, but then they're different in, in reality. So I definitely feel like with building your brand and a, a truthful brand that people are actually going to appreciate and respect, I feel like you, your, your tone and energy on social media needs to match how you are in person. Um, then also, I think the biggest thing about building a brand is just being consistent on how active you are when it comes to social media content. Um, I think we we struggle with our players a lot with this. What is um, they they want they they want to build this brand or want to be verified, but it's like you're never active on social media. <laughs> you post like once a month. It's like you can't really build a brand or want someone to, to build a following if you're never active or interacting with people on your right. on your page. So I think that's the biggest thing with a brand is is the content you're posting. Also, make sure you're interacting um, and really just getting your name out there. I feel like personally, I feel like that's even how I've helped build my brand. It's just like, now I'm not necessarily posting my work all the time, but right. I'm going to show you that I do have a work-life balance, and I'm still a, a, a younger female in the industry that I have a life, but I also like to make cool stuff as well. Um, and so I feel like that's my brand, and I'm not going to change who I am um, just to fit your narrative. So. You kind of touched on a little bit on my next question. You know, you being <laughs> in the position that you're in right now, young black female, you know, head of a, a creative department of football, the top, the top, top dog in, a, in an NCAA department. You know, how does it feel to be in the position where you at right now? Um, it feels good. It honestly, it's crazy. So I really didn't. I definitely appreciated where I was, where I am right now, 100%. Because I started at like nothing. I didn't know any have any connections in the creative industry and athletics besides being a college athlete. But I think for me, I honestly didn't really realize how impactful me being in this role was till the quarantine started, to be honest. Mm. And that's when like, I had a lot of young people like, uh, email me or DM me just like saying like, hey, like it was, it's great to see someone that looks like me in your role. Um, and so that's like something that I like really like take with pride and like, I'll get like DMs all the time, just like saying thank you and things like that. And so that's one of those things where it's like, it kind of motivates me more to want to be good. It doesn't, honestly, pe people say like it would add pressure, but it honestly doesn't add pressure to me. It inspires me more to like, just to want to want to keep going and just keep pushing the limit and be someone that looks different than like every everybody else in the industry. So it's been fun. Um, it's been, it's been crazy. Like I, it's like mind blowing that people actually are like, they're like, oh, I look up to you. And I'm like, really? Because I feel like I'm still, I like, I'm still in my twenties. So I'm just like, like, you look up to me, like what? So, hey, that's crazy. I, hey, I yeah. get that same thing too. But really, man, you do a phenomenal job of what you do. You're a dope Thank designer. You. you have a dope creative mind. I think we've been following each other for a while. This is like yeah. the first, within the last couple of days, the first time we actually had some real dialogue conversation yeah. like one on one. So it's been pretty dope. So we got one question from my friend out of Washington, Washington DC. Her name is Alma Burke. You might be able. To, I'm not sure if you might be able to answer this, but will students be allowed to get endorsements while in school? That kind of refers back to our uh, next next season, uh, when they're like able, uh, like like block. regular students, or like athletes. As student athletes, that's what she means. Oh, as student athletes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure from what I've been talking with other people. You did say student athletes, right? Yes. Um, I'm pretty sure what I have heard is that they will be able to get endorsements. Um, but that's the dilemma that 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 ACC and everyone just is in question of. For instance, like if NC State were an Adidas school. And Under Armour comes to one of our players and it's like, oh, we want to endorse this player. 
it's kind of like a conflict of interest because we're in Adidas school, but they want them to wear like Under Armour cleats. Right. So it's one of those things where it's still like, it's that gray area of you really don't know how it's going to impact or are there going to be rules on players can, players can do like clothing endorsements or things mm -hmm. like that. Um, what they can and can't endorse is still up in the air. So they, I know they can get endorsements, but it just, it, there's really no set guidelines on what they, what their endorsements can actually be, whether it's clothing or anything like that. Cause that was one of the right. questions actually brought up with just the clothing. Like if we're in Adidas school and Under Armour comes, like what's the plan then? So. Cool. Cool. Right, we have one more question to be the last one before I get TJ on here. This is from Danielle Smith. Uh, what's some advice for undergraduate students that aspire to get to where you are, where you're at right now? Um, <laughs> I would say uh, practice, practice, practice. Also, anyone. Um, I get the, I get questions all the time about how did you become good at graphic design, and it's all about practice. Um, <laughs> there's there's never, it's not just going to happen overnight. Like I even look at graphics I did um, like a couple months ago. I'm just like, ew, I hated that. Um, so it's all about practice. <laughs> it really. Like everybody's is. like that. Everybody's yeah. Like that. yeah. <laughs> It's all about practice and it's all about getting your getting yourself out there, just meeting people. It's not necessarily about applying it. You, it's definitely about applying for jobs, but also about networking and too, you know. Definitely. Both my jobs, last two jobs, literally came from DMs on Twitter, just from seeing my work. So just getting out there, um, being active and practicing um, is the biggest thing. Make projects up for yourself. That's literally all I did mm -hmm. is make projects up for myself just to, to test to see how far I can go. And then also find designers who are better than you. Um, and that you think are better than you and really just like compare your work and get constructive feedback. Cause that's all, that's what I, I mean, I still talk to people I work with yeah. um, at Baylor and Southern Miss and I'm like, can you take a look at my work and let me know what you think? So I'm the same way. I'm still the same way. I'm just yeah. never satisfied with my work. I'm pretty sure you're the same way too. Yeah. Yeah. So Hey Chanel, thank you so much, you know, for joining no me. This problem. is a great thank conversation. You. We're going to have to do this again. And I, good luck to you this year. I hope that you guys hope that we do have football. If not, I know you're going to continue to be creative and pump out great content for NC State. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, I'm not right. the comment. <laughs> no, nah, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. I'll talk to you soon, okay? Bye. All right, now. All right, guys, that was Chanel Smith-Walker out of NC State. She's the director of creative media for the football team out there in Raleigh, North Carolina, out of the ACC. So coming up next, I'm very excited about this one, man. This is a different spin. I got my man T.J. Malbo. He's a barber and also the owner of Picks Barbershop out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I call him the unofficial barber of LSU Athletics because he cuts everybody pretty much on the football team, basketball team, may have some baseball guys roll through there. This dude even cut some of the guys, some of the football coaches, not Coach O, but some of the guys as well. So I'm very excited about this one, man. Let me go ahead and add him real quick. T.J., what's cracking, boy? I'm much, man. What's going on? What's going on, man? Hey, that barbershop look clean over there, man. Thank you, man. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Hey, no problem. Hey, bro, I'm good, man. You see me I'm always grinding out here, man. I just want to thank you for taking yeah. time out of your busy schedule to join me, man. Oh, man. Anytime. Anytime. Appreciate it, man. So, uh, for those who don't know, this is TJ Matvo, owner, barber at Graphics Barbershop based out of Baton Rouge. TJ, man, just kind of give people a backstory about our relationship. Um, I think I moved, I moved to Baton Rouge in 2016, and it was the day before the Wisconsin game. We left for that game. It was when I was working at LSU. And I was going through Instagram, typing the hashtags, Louisiana Barbers, Baton Rouge Barbers. Your name came up. I was like, let me check this dude out. Come to find <laughs> out, you was cutting all the players. And I'm like, okay, if this, all the players go to this guy, I'm going to come to this guy. But luckily, you know, this is before you really started to get booked up. I got in yeah. there, man. You cut me up, and I was with you for all that throughout my duration down there in Baton Rouge, man. For real, for real, man. 
Hey, no problem, man. So <laughs> let's hop into this thing, man. So, you know, from your perspective, why, like, how, how do you build an athlete's brand? What, like, what role do you play in regards to that? Well, you know, with it, well, let's speak specifically with LSU. So, okay, right. you know, Baton Rouge, these guys are like celebrities out here. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, their social media presence is, is you know, is, is enormous. Um, I'm kind of like, so, so, you say like a, the first, say if you, you're trying to go somewhere. Mm -hmm. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to find you something to wear and you're going to make sure your hair is, you know, right. is, 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 is right. You right. know what I mean? And a lot of these athletes, they're, they represent, they're represented by a multi-million dollar company. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're in the media 24-7. Uh, for college, there's media days. There's, you know, it's all kind of stuff, man. So, mm -hmm. um, they, I, I mean, they just want to be, you know, my job is to make sure they're fresh all the time. Um, they set trends as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, they have a huge following. So, you know, setting trends is, is a, is a, that's, that's a, that's a part of their, um, kind of like a part of their job. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. So what, what, like, tell me about the plan to get to where you are right now. Cause I know you went to Grambling. Uh, back in the early 2000s, uh, pledged Cap Alpha Psi, uh, you know, did all that back then. But so, what was your plan to get to where you at right now? Actually, um, I was always the guy. I come from a small town, man. So I was always the guy that was looking at TV. Mm -hmm. Could never, never thought I'd be a part of nothing like this. So mm -hmm. I was, I was, uh, I was always looking at TV, looking at guys' hair. Like, man, mm -hmm. if I was in the position, you know. So uh, in 2013. We ended up moving to Baton Rouge, mm -hmm. and um, it really wasn't a plan, man. And, and, and <laughs> I, had, I had a, you know, a, a homeboy of mine who was running track, right? You know, Vernon Norwood, and mm -hmm. Vernon, Vernon, he uh, he introduced me to a lot of athletes. And yeah. Kenny Hill also was, you know, he was a, a running back on the football team. Okay. And you know, he introduced me, and then it kind of took off, and then I saw the position. To where I was like, okay, they put me in position yeah. to be, you know, the guy. So I just kind of took advantage of. That's cool, man. So how do you? So that's pretty much how you became the unofficial barber of LSU athletics, I guess. What year was that? Uh, I moved in 2013. I would have to say it probably started really taking off. Well, in 2013, well, probably 14. He probably that's when kind of slowly started taking off, mm -hmm. and then by 2015, it was like. A done thing, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I'm was, telling you, yeah, as, as I know, as I know, firsthand experience, that thing is crazy, man. So, how were you able yeah. to build such good relationships with like Jamal Adams, Davis Wright, uh, Devon Godchild, you know, Devin White, all these guys who who are young, but that and they really just got into the league. Yeah, what? Well, they're here as freshmen. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They come in as freshmen, and you know, a lot of the guys is like, you know, go to TJ, go to TJ, go to TJ. Mm -hmm. So all these players start, you know, they, they start coming in, and you, just, you know, through the years, I mean, you build a relationship, you mm -hmm. become, you know, something like, you know, a big brother to them, and, you know, those those relationships, they last on to the league, you know what I'm saying? You know, right. like, they have all these big moments, so it's like, you got the NFL draft, right? you know, hey, you know, at the same time, they're calling their stylist, they're bringing their barber, they're bringing a stylist, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, you know, my, my first taste was 2017. Right. Crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that, man. That was in Philly. I, I posted a story on Instagram just not too long ago when a reporter asked Jamal on the red carpet, like, like, man, your fade is tight. Who did that thing? I know, I know that made you really feel good to have oh, him yeah. mention all that. At that particular time, now I'm already like, man, I'm in Philly. I'm at the draft, so I'm really seeing the behind the scenes. Yeah, that was really going on. Yeah, so I'm seeing the fans, everything going crazy, it's just like you see on TV. You know what I'm saying? So at this at this particular time. I wasn't with Jamal because right. I had to go into the stands. Right. So Jamal, they always on the red carpet. Right. So everybody at home, they back home watching me, and my phone just started going off. <laughs> hey, he shouted you out on TV. He shouted, I'm like, who are you talking about? Who are you talking about? <laughs> but, hey, that was a plug that, man, I, like Twitter, like everybody, like, everybody went crazy. I don't know. It was something about that haircut, that hairstyle he had. Right. That fade, and it was just like it went. It went crazy. Yeah, I know. That's pretty much why I went with you, man. When I was at the, because you know me, I get tape on the sides, tape on the back, cut a little yeah. down the front. You know what I'm saying? You know how to do it, and give me a sponge or whatever. You was real yeah. precise with that thing. That was one of the reasons why I went with you, man. So, do you suggest like certain like hairstyles or cuts for guys if they, they if they kind of thinking about changing their looks up a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, um, J Jamal is the one. Like he always. <laughs> Like, even if, hey, man, look, hey, I need a barber, man. I'm in Seattle. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm in, like, I can't get to you. Like, find me a barber here. Find me a barber there. Yeah. But, but, um, but yeah, definitely. Like, when, I think before you got here, Jamal mm -hmm. used to rock a, uh, Mohawk, right? Mohawk. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mohawk. You know, and, you know, he wanted a new style. You know what I'm saying? He wanted yeah. to cut it off. So I would be like, look, I think you should go with the mid-fade, not too high, like mm -hmm. we used to do it, you know, stuff like that. So just recently, during the, the pandemic, um, he wanted to fly me out to Dallas uh -huh. to, uh, to change his hairstyle again. Right. But uh, it didn't really work out. Right. You know, it's lower now. It's lower now, yeah, right? It's lower. Yeah, it's lower, mm -hmm. and the fade is a, a little bit lower than, than, you know, we used to have it high and tight. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, uh. But yeah, all the time, man. We you know we 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 go through it. Uh, him, um, got y'all. Just a bunch of those guys, man. Mm -hmm. yeah, we, yeah, that's cool, man. Uh, this is T.J. Malvo, uh, owner of the uh, DraftKings Barbershop out in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, celebrity barber and all that. If you have any questions questions for him, go and drop it in the comment section. Now, T.J., you don't cut a lot of guys, man, over the years, man. Was there anybody you were starstruck over? Mm, I would I would say. Uh, I would say it was it was a trip for Michael Vick. Yeah, Michael yeah. Vick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vick, that was something different. That was that was a different <laughs> experience, man. Like, and the way it, you know, we were in like a hotel room. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, but when I first saw him, yeah, it was like, man, this Vick. Like, you got, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah. this Vick, bro. Like, yeah. So, you know, this not there wasn't anybody that I came through, you know, like through college. Mm -hmm. You know, you know. But yeah, Vick, I had to say I was uh, I was a little bit. What was the conversation like? I know y'all was talking a little bit while you was because he gets the taper, so I'm pretty sure that didn't take too long. But I know uh, y'all had some pretty good conversation. What was that like? Yeah, he was he was real cool, man. Um, I ended up cutting him two times. It was two weeks back to back that I ended up cutting him. I cut mm -hmm. him in Orlando and I cut him in Miami. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, he was just he was real laid back, just like you see him on TV. Mm -hmm. Real cool, laid back. At yeah. first, he didn't really say too much, and uh. I was like, look, Vic, man. I said, man, I, you know, I'm always the type of guy that I'm hesitant on the on the pictures. I'm right. Yeah. On the, yeah. You know, because there's a lot of pictures that I don't let pass me by that I wish I would have got. 
Yeah. But with Vic, I had I had, you had to get I had, that. <laughs> yeah, he was like, man, look, man, hey, I know you gotta, you know, get your stuff right, man. It's cool. But you know, he he was real cool. And then he even asked me, he was like, man, you uh, you coming to the Pro Bowl next week? Yeah. And I really, I was really on the edge. I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going, but yeah, I'm gonna think about it. Yeah, you know, I, I'll probably be there. Yeah. I was like, all right, cool, man, because I'm gonna need another cut because he had to go. <laughs> So I made it to the I made it to Miami, you know. You gotta get there. <laughs> That's yeah, dope, yeah. man. That's dope, man. man. Just, um, it's about building relationships, man. Absolutely. I mean, I know you big, big, really big on that, especially with the guys that come through your shop daily. Even with guys like Russell Gage and uh, yeah. Jacoby Phillips and all those guys, especially the guy and Skylar Mays that's about to go to the NBA right now. I know you built yeah. a really good relationship with all those guys. Yeah, man. Definitely, definitely. Skylar's. Uh, I like Scott. Skylar's a good guy. That's good, man. This is TJ Malvo, owner and barber uh, of DraftKings Barbershop out there in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. TJ, man, um, you re a really big uh, community pillar within the Baton Rouge area, and I know you have a lot of day ones. So, how do you balance, you know, your regulars and your your athletes that want that wants that want you to fly them out on a particular times? I know it's tough because I know your style seat is booked like five months in advance. Yeah, and a lot of athletes don't understand that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So it's like I have this online booking system. People booking weeks in advance. Yeah. And it's like you got not not only LSU, you got Southern University, mm -hmm. even got BRCC athletes. Like they all <laughs> trying to come in. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's it's real tough, but I try my best to make it happen. And it's sometimes I you know I you know I can't. But when when I when I have to fly out, what I would do, I would. I would just basically um kind of cancel a part of my schedule. Yeah. And uh I find out when the flight is. I mean I you know, say if I, I had to fly out at like at two o'clock, mm -hmm. I'd probably stop cutting about eleven. You know, at eleven I shoot to New Orleans, you know, come back. You know, it's a lot of those flights are turn around trip. Turn around yeah. trip. I spent a few nights, but you know, I just take off, come back, I make it up maybe on that Sunday right. or that Monday, cut the people that I had to cancel. You know, right. it, it, it worked out pretty good last year. That's good, man. That's good. Man. If y'all have any questions with TJ, go and drop it in the comment section. I got a couple more until we get to a couple of them. So how has COVID, you know, affected your business uh, in terms of, uh, I know the state, was, the, the state was shut down for a little bit. I know that affected your business, but I know you pretty much got back on track uh, and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, 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 took a, it took a hit, you know, for those few months that we were out, definitely. Right. I mean, you know, because you know the type of money we we, we we make, I mean it's it's mostly cash, you know what I mean. But like when we don't work, we don't eat. Right. So when the Clippers turn off, <laughs> that's, that's it. You know what yeah. I'm saying. So, but um, when we were able to come back, man, it, yeah. it actually it picked picked right back up. That's you good. Know, didn't miss a beat. But you know it was tough for those few months. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. For the especially for the people that didn't put money aside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know you. And you posted a video about that nice little video. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I try my best to help the, you know, the, the, the younger barbers, even the barbers my age that, you know, that, that's kind of struggle with it. it it's kind of tough being a barber, man. Right. I mean, it's it's good to say, oh, I work for myself, but you got to be disciplined. You know what yeah. I mean? You got to you got to have everything in order because you got to be ready for stuff like that. Understandable, man. So I got a question from my man Langston out here in Dallas. His question is, have you cut any ESPN anchors who came to town for game day or via referral or anybody like that? Yeah, ESPN anchors. Um, 
one time a guy, I can't remember his name, he's his quarterback guru guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he hit me up. There's a lot of people that hit me up, but I, I sometimes I don't. I, I mean, I can't get to all of them. But um, no, I don't. I can't recall of any uh, ESPN anchor. Okay. Okay. I hope I'm not forgetting nobody. <laughs> My man Rick out of Baltimore, Maryland, he said, how popular is the topic installation in Baton Rouge? Highly, highly. <laughs> hey, these guys won't get a haircut without that stuff, man. They need it. They want it. You know what I mean? Hey, they want it, bro. They want it. Hey, because they're in the media. Every I don't think people realize these guys are in the media. Like, even the local news, you know what I mean? Like, after yeah. practice, they're doing media, you know? <laughs> So it's like they want that topic, but that top I gotta have topics. Man, gotta have. Hey, hey, I think nah, yeah. Even when I was out there, you was on that. I was on that topic heavy. You know what I mean? I think TC. Yeah, there you go, right there. The whole I shit. gotta have the topic, man. <laughs> and that's more. That's I got more than my hands can hold, but man. <laughs> Golly, and hey, that topic make it clean though. That definition, yeah. spray that stuff on there. It comes yeah. straight out, man. Hey, but I got it. I got to get on the spray. A lot of the guys in the shop, they got the spray. You know what I mean? I got the gun, the air gun. Oh, you got the gun? I don't have it. They have it, but oh, I, I didn't oh, get on just, that. Oh, you just got the, the air thing. The air thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all I got. I, you know, I got to graduate <laughs> to the to the big boys. You know what I mean? Man, that thing got an engine on there, man. That thing ain't too loud, though, boy. It's so loud. <laughs> no, they got, they got the little small one. They got the little oh, they got the small one. one now? Yeah, they got the little small one. They don't oh, make no noise like that. <laughs> Hey, another question from my man. It's the last one, right? He said, "Can the topic bring back anybody's hairline?" I don't think. Oh. It can. <laughs> Only temporary, man. <laughs> Only temporary. <laughs> TJ, man, thanks for joining me, man. This is dope, man. I'll wrap with you once I wrap up the show, okay, man? All right, man. Thank you. All right, thanks. Appreciate you, bro. All right, no problem. All right, that was my man and former barber, uh, TJ Malvo out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, owner. And Barbara at a Draft Picks Barbershop down there in the booth. So coming up next is my last guest is my homegirl, Tiff the Zeta, straight out of Pleasant Grove, uh, Louis, uh, Pleasant Grove, Dallas, down here in Texas. Um, one of my great friends, I met her last year, I believe, and we built a really good relationship in terms of uh, collabing on a lot of different types of projects. I take care of video. She handles the stylist aspect and everything. So go ahead and add her uh, right now. Chilling. You look super real fly over there, boy. You know what? I mean, you said I was coming in, so I said, let me come on in. Come on in. Let me, hold on. Let me get it set up right so uh, you know, y'all can see. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. okay. Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Looking like I a Texas a, Tech Red Raider out here. here. I forgot I was going to be under here. <laughs> What's going on, Tiff? You doing okay? I'm well. How are you? You look great. Your lighting is everything. Hey, this Anya's ring light, you know, this thing kicking, this thing kicking, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right, y'all. This is Tip the Zeta, man, straight out of Pleasant Grove, Dallas, Texas. You want to tell them where you're from, Tip? Hey, you guys know where I'm from. I'm from the one and only Grove Side 65. You understand me? If you don't know, you you need to make sure you figure it out. You know what I mean? It is what it is. Right. Right, right. So, Tiff, you're a celebrity stylist, man. I know you definitely enjoy that. You are one of the swaggiest women or people I know, period, in terms of just what you wear. You imagine just coming up with creative ideas. So, congratulations on all the success and all the uh, just whatever you've accomplished throughout your career doing this. Thank you. Thank you tremendously. Thank you so much. No problem. No problem. So, how we met, we met uh, doing a video last year for Toast for Charity. Um, I actually posted it on my Instagram story. Uh, we did it at a mall out in North Dallas somewhere. 
and I did a nice little video of her just kind of matching suits, a pair of Air Max, Air Maxes, whatever, getting ready for the Tulsa Charity uh, sneaker ball. So shout out to Lamar and that whole crew out that way. Absolutely. Lamar yeah. is the guy. Absolutely. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. So as a celebrity stylist, Tiff, you know, why Why is your role so important when it comes to styling these athletes when they're getting ready for road trips and games and all that kind of stuff? You know what? That's a very good question because a lot of individuals don't understand that being in that position as an athlete, mm-hmm. they see you before they see you actually do whatever you are called to do. Right. So your presentation is everything first. So if you see, they always have pictures of, you know, the NBA pregame, you know, and also postgame because that's most important. They want they want to see what you are wearing, right. the content that you're, pre- you know, you're presenting, you know, the the gear, the um, the luxury lifestyle. They want to see it. They want to see it. And also a lot of them are getting a want to gain endorsements, which is the most important thing. That's right. why my job is important. You have media day. You have, of course, photos. You have um I mean, so many different reasons why you, you got to be fly. That's right. just, that's just, you know. I know I know that for a fact. Because I know me from a videographer standpoint of doing photography, like just working in sports. You know, yeah. that that everybody loves them airport shots, they on the runway, that kind of thing, getting on the plane. So you already know that suit, them shoes, your luggage yep. game, your shades, your hat. I know you know how to style all that kind of stuff, too. Everything has to be together. I'm saying from every accessory. And it's serious. It's It's serious. It's serious. I mean, a lot of a lot of guys, you know, have never ever put a suit on, mm. let alone even put any clothes on. But you get all this this money, you know what I mean, from work, right. and it's like, oh, okay, well, what do I do with it? You know, okay, well, here we go. You got to make sure your present <laughs> your presentation is what you're trying to exemplify as far as your brand. Because at the yep. end of the day, yes, you are playing on this team, but right. you also have to brand yourself, and you also have to make sure that you model whatever you're trying to portray, whatever yep. that may be. So, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's big. Um, it's big. It definitely is big. This is Tiffany Zeta, straight out of Pleasant Grove, Dallas, joining me right here on Crunch Time. She's a celebrity stylist. So, Tip, how'd you get your start in? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> how did you How did you get your start in this business? Oh my goodness. To be honest, like I don't have a grand story. Um, I was out being around a few celebrities, and they enjoyed my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. And we're like, hey, you know what? I need you. Um, yada, yada. And the rest is history. I mean, they started flying me out everywhere you could think of. And God mm-hmm. has been truly, truly amazing. And it's like, I really feel like I'm still living a dream. People say, you know, oh, you know, I'm proud of you. And it's like, I'm so grateful, but I can I have so much more to do. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I have so much more to do. And it, it's been truly a blessing, to say the least, seriously. That's great, yeah. man. So what exactly is your goal when you're styling? A particular client if you want i know you want to make them turn heads but you want to be like okay where'd you get that type of outfit that kind of stuff i know it's a lot of go a lot goes into what you try to do i want every client to have a trend mm, so okay. i look at it i look at it as if you know i am a painter right so you are gonna always have an empty canvas i never go in with a mindset okay well you know what she may want to wear a hat Okay, of course, everybody know that is my trend. You know, mm-hmm. no, not at all. I'm gonna come in with an empty canvas, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna listen to my client to see what he or she wants, and then I gain and give them my expertise as far as wardrobe. Every time, it's the empty mm-hmm. canvas. So an empty canvas. So that would go. That would mean like, okay, I see. Like, okay, they're wearing. I might throw on some white shoes or 
you know, some hot, some high yellow pants or anything like that. And I know that kind of stuff is what you like to do with uh, whoever, whoever you're working with, skin tone, right. that kind of stuff. All of that matters. That's why it has to be empty candles because I don't, mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm dealing with until it's actually in front of me. And then we can kind of go into, you know, you got to understand, too, a lot of people who do come into wanting to book with South by Tiffany or just period, they have so many different elements to what they have going on. You have some individuals who are dealing with weight loss, mm -hmm. dealing with divorce, um, dealing with, um, mm. we'll say, just had a baby. So it's bigger than fashion. Now, if you're getting into this because you like clothes, it got to be better than that. It got to be bigger than that. Because mm -hmm. you're dealing with people and you have to build relationships. That's mm -hmm. one thing my daddy taught me is to make sure you are building relationships mm -hmm. it's going to carry you a long way absolutely absolutely so in your opinion uh how does an athlete maximize his brand based off of what he wears like how how, how what do you think about that um the individual has to have a whole lot of drip mm -hmm. so, you can have, i'm serious i know I could, put, I could put you on you know i could put you on some babies you know put you on some louis vuitton put you on i mean anything in, re in reference to luxury wardrobe but mm -hmm. if you don't have a drip it means nothing you know what i mean so it means nothing because you you look goofy and you right. you fired up right. so you you have to have you gotta have that confidence man and then i'm also going to help you gain that confidence and show you like okay well let me show you how to you know kind of tweak it a little bit how to you know go ahead a little wink to the side you know what i mean <laughs> how you hold the bag right when you are walking doing a lifestyle look so y'all it is it's tremendously important. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a lot that goes into it. A lot I don't even show because it's a lot that go into it. You know right. what I mean? You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. No, I know because just a quick story about us. When I did a uh, photo shoot for when I was featured in the uh, that Dallas magazine. Uh, so shout out to Pip. I know she's watching right now. She did the photos. But you were there voluntarily. I didn't even know you was going to be there. And uh, you definitely coached me uh, how to do that kind of stuff. Because you know me, I ain't, I ain't really the photogenic type of guy you know what I mean? so if you see those photos that was all you making me do all that <laughs> stuff because i don't even know how to pose and you did good, none of that stuff. <laughs> no thank you thank you y'all have any questions for tiff go and drop it in the comment section we actually have one for you right now from my man rick my ex my line brother out of oh, uh, baltimore Maryland. he says uh, how important is confidence when when trying to pull off a look like westbrook or cam newton Say it again. I didn't hear the last part. Let me try. Uh, he said, "How important is it, how important is confidence when you're trying to pull off a look like uh, what Russell Westbrook and also Cameron Newton, Cam Newton?" You gotta have it. That's the main mm -hmm. thing I just talked about. You gotta have confidence because those guys, they can literally do whatever they want to do because of their confidence. And individuals are gonna flock to it because they're confident. Right. Literally. So right now, I know I could probably throw on. If I was to come on here with a with a mink jacket on and threw this hat on, I mean, you know what I mean? Y'all would be like, man, it's, yeah. it's summertime. Going to Fabi, I'm like, hey, but she fly though. You know what yeah. I mean? It's the confidence. It's going to always over exceed anybody's expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, Tiff, I was going to ask you, um, what's, what's your, like, describe your passion for me because obviously you're very energetic, you're very passionate about it, but, you know, where does that come from? You know what I mean? Because I know just, just seeing you right on your face is lighting up. And you just me and you just being around each other doing various gigs. You know, where does your passion come from behind fashion and styling people? Man, I love people. I love people. I love to see um, a change. And I think that's a good change, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Uh, because before um, this, I was also a social worker for seven years. So I dealt with mental health. I dealt with so many different is issues from depression to schizophrenia to uh, bipolar, uh, MDD. Mm -hmm. So I dealt with all those issues and 
people don't understand that wardrobe and confidence, man, it goes a long way. Some people don't even go outside or will stay in and won't even socialize with peers because of their wardrobe, because they don't look presentable or they've been made fun of or they have issues in the past where, you know, their friends have talked about them even as adults. You know what I mean? So mm. it helps you find your you and your why. Mm. So, yeah. I love that tip. That was perfect. That's perfect. Now you do a little bit of music on the side too. Tell me a little bit about that tip. <laughs> I am a drummer. I am a female drummer, a percussionist. I play everything in percussion. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get these chops, holla at me because I'm ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can read music. I'll love it. Mm. Yeah, don't get it twisted. Yeah. Mm. Tip, you know, I'm going to holler at you because I used to play drums back in the day. That was a wild one. I was like five. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, that was a bad Yeah, I don't even count that. I don't even count that, man. So, Tiff, man, I, I think I'm going to wrap this up right now. So, everything good with you out there? You know, you everything's everything. awesome. Everything's That's great. Awesome. That's great. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said I haven't missed the beat. Haven't missed That's the beat. But I do want to inspire and to say a few words those who are watching who wants to get into who want to get into a uh, wardrobe and fashion hey guys as long as you believe and you're striving to make that i promise you you're going to see exactly where you need to go love stay it. committed stay focused pay your tithes i'm gonna say it again pay your tithes pay your that 10 percent. that 10 percent. so <laughs> believe strive and you will succeed mm -hmm. actually this question just popped in my mind um, with COVID happening, like, how are you able to still be able to style celebrities and athletes when you can't really be around each other like that? Man, a whole lot of virtual, virtual mm -hmm. conversations, uh, virtual meetings, and a lot of shipping and handling has been going on. But I have not missed the beat. And the crazy thing that you asked that question is that I have doubled my clientele uh, since mm. pre-COVID. Really? I've doubled. And I wasn't even expecting this at all. I promise you. Right. Like, I've been so busy where I'm trying to play catch up right now. Are we still in the pandemic? <laughs> you know, what's going on? Because I'm trying to, <laughs> I can't move like I normally would. You know, I just, yeah. you know, I come back and I do a turnaround flight and be back here. You know what I mean? But it, it has been, like I said, I can't complain. Mm. And I will be a fool to sit up here and complain and say, God has not been blessing me because he truly has. But I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all better stay tuned because I'm coming for y'all. I promise you. <laughs> I'm, I'm in this thing. <laughs> Tiff, your business done doubled during COVID. You killed her. I can't even fool with you. I can't even fool. I can't even touch you. Can't yeah. even touch you. Tiff, thank you so much for joining me, man. This is great. We'll wrap a little bit later on tonight. Um, you know, just kind of catch up with everything, okay? Absolutely. Love you so much. Uh, oh, oh, we got a question before we get out of here. Somebody just popped uh -oh. in. Rico, he said, have you looked at looked into customizing pieces? Stay tuned. You'll be seeing my first, my first, my first release of my pants coming soon. So yes, mm -hmm. I have to. Mm -hmm. so stay tuned. Just give you a stay tuned. Y'all better be on the lookout for That's that. That's all I'm gonna say. Just stay tuned. I have so much that I can't say. Yeah. But you guys will see soon. That's awesome, man. Make sure y'all follow Tiff on Instagram. Uh, add Tiff to Zeta. The brand is huge. She works with a lot of people. She posts really good content. Uh, throughout her feed on a daily basis. So she does she does a great job, whatever, with all that she does. Tiff, thank you so much. We'll wrap a little bit later on, okay? Thank you so much. All right. Thank all right, you. now. All right, y'all. Thank you for joining me for episode four of the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast. Thank you to Chanel Smith. Thank you to TJ uh, Malbo and also uh, Tiff Zeta, who just wrapped up the show, man. As for next week, 
I'm not sure what angle I'm trying to go. Still brainstorming on that. Brainstorming on that. Once I uh, once I figure it out, obviously you guys will be the first to know the day before uh, the show comes out. So also make sure y'all follow the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast on Spotify and also Apple Podcasts. Uh, make sure you look that up, hit that follow button, subscribe, do whatever you need to do. And if y'all have any suggestions for me, uh, how I can make the show better, uh, how I'm doing as, with the show, go ahead and drop that in the comment section. Comment section, DM me, do whatever you need to do, and I'll greatly appreciate that. So for the Crunch Time Instagram Live podcast, I'm your host, Benjamin Bullock. Thank you all so much for tuning in. I'll see you all next week. I'll let you all.